1: A little fellow, born with a disability, out of wedlock, singing holy, 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 I want to see you. That's my song. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Open up the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Oh, Lord, I want to see you. Open up the eyes of my heart. I'm blind and naked. I want to see you. Come in power. Come in power today. I want to see you. We want to see you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of heaven. Thank you, Lord, for today. Please move in this broadcast, touching the hearts of your people and calling them to want to see you, putting away the things of bitterness and anger, fear. Lord, come in power. Open our eyes so we could see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to see Jesus I want to see the holy God of heaven who died on Calvary for me holy 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 is the Lord God almighty we need Jesus I need him Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. And we're clear at the Prayer Chapel that we want Jesus. We want God. I opened the meeting yesterday by saying we have to have him we have to have God we're not going to make it without that it can't be church as usual it can't be going through the rituals of the church it has to be the search For Jesus, crying out, praying, searching. We need Jesus now. If you want Jesus, there's something you're going to have to do. you're going to have to walk in compassion and forgiveness peter peter was troubled and and this happens in every gathering of saints happens in every church I've pastored for over 50 years little things stack up little things come and steal our peace little things come and We don't know how to handle them. We are so prone to exerting ourselves into what we think is right, where we think that person is wrong. And you know what? They may be wrong. I've watched churches divide and break apart over the silliest things. Over a woman or a man not getting their way. Over a a man going behind a pastor's back and trying to force machinery in place. Ross Rhodes has always been one of my favorite pastors in America. He built a great church down south. My wife and I were there visiting with he and his wife. Having wonderful fellowship. It was close to Easter. Easter. the Sunday before, he came riding into the service on a donkey. And we all clapped and, sh- <clears throat> and shouted. And he preached that Sunday on the absolute humility of Jesus. Short time later, he was fired by the board, by the machinery of the church. Why did they fire him? Well, they fired him because they had a large debt on this beautiful, beautiful facility that they had just dedicated. And the board said, We're not going to make it unless we fire our pastor and hire a young man who's, who's up on all the latest that can lead us through and raise the money necessary to pay off our debt. So they fired him. It was an ugly thing. I talked with, with Ross after they fired him. He had no job. Shortly after that, Billy Graham organization invited him to join them, and he did. But he said they were wrong in what they did, and they were wrong in the way they did the firing. But he said, you know, I don't. I don't have any anger or bitterness in my soul about it. They did what they thought they had to do. I had great respect for this Christian brother. He could have easily gone into bitterness and anger and found a way to get back at the church and at him, at them. But he didn't. I've seen other great men of God. I saw my father in the faith, David Wilkerson. He called me some years ago. He said, Pastor Ray, he called me Brother Ray. Would you come to New York this weekend? I'll have a hotel room for you. I need you to come and just take some time and pray with me and with some of the people. I said, brother, I'm happy to come. You know that. I love you. What's happening? Well, he said, I'll tell you when you get here. One of the pastors had risen up with the, with the leader of the choir and they tried to throw David Wilkerson out of his church. Well, it's not his church. It was the Lord's church. We sat and prayed together. I watched the tears flow. The sweetest disposition I ever saw a man have. Knowing that He had to forgive his brother. The hurt was palpable. It was deep. He said, Brother Ray, I forgave him. But it's going to take some ministry from you and others before the pain is all gone. The knife hurt. I said, Yes. Knives always hurt. It raises the question How often do you forgive? Have you been deeply hurt by a brother or a sister? I have. And some of those brothers and sisters left the church. They had every right to leave. But it was a a knife betrayal. It was the way they did it. Peter came to Jesus on the backside. And he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? He was being very generous. In the American culture, it's three strikes and you're out. Peter was saying, how about seven strikes before you're out? You know, we in America somebody wrongs us and and there's a whole heap of stuff behind that straw that breaks the camel's back and we feel justified in just unloading on them. I had just as we were starting the National Prayer Chapel, I had a a praise and worship leader who came to see me. She sat down with me and opened her, her pad and she started going through 50 some times that I had wronged her. I finally cut her off and I said, Sister, you need to go somewhere else to church because i'm going to make mistakes and you've accumulated a a head of steam of 50 some offenses that i've committed against you and we've never spoken about one of them and i'm really sorry and i make mistakes but sister, it's not mine. This belongs to the Lord, not to you or me." said, "I'd really like to have you forgive me." And she exploded in anger and said, "No, I'm not going to forgive you. You need to resign. Well I said you didn't hire me and and the one who hired me has not told me to resign so I'm going to stay as long as he'll have me. But I plead with you to forgive me and, and stay and not leave with a A heart full of anger and bitterness. How many times should I forgive someone? Peter generously said, Would seven times be enough? You see, this comes right at the heart of the issue of, do I want Jesus? Because anger, strife in a home, in a church, in a business will cause failure and breakdown of confidence and love. And bitterness soon takes over and bitterness, and anger. They foster loss, devastation. Who are you angry at? Who has wronged you? Have you been wronged? I'm sure you have been. We all have been wronged. I have been. It's hurtful it's devastating it blinds one's eyes of the heart from seeing Jesus do you want the eyes of your heart to be open so that you can see Jesus I do I want the eyes of my heart to be wide open I want to see Jesus Well, Peter, he was a bombastic guy. He was full of some fire. And people often would resent Peter. He was always jumping in the middle of it. People had said things that had hurt his heart. He didn't wanna play games, he wanted it straight up. He wanted Jesus. His entire loyalty was with him. So how many times should I forgive a brother or a sister for what they've said behind my back or for what they've said to my face? Jesus kindly answers him. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, what was he saying? In the Greek, Jesus is saying, I'm saying, forgive for infinity. Forgive your brother. Forgive your sister. Forgive your mother. Forgive your father. Forgive your wife. Forgive your husband. I think we're really hard to forgive sometimes. A person one time said, I've had it with you, Pastor. I can't work with you. I'm leaving. How that hurt my heart. How it hurt the church. Now, I had a choice. I could become angry back. Or in my hurt, I could just close her out of my heart and say, okay drop the supplies. I understand you're gone. It was my fault for letting things go that far. It was my fault for not reaching out and seeing that she was hurting and and minister. I'm not trying to say I was innocent. I was not innocent. I was very much at fault. She had tried to talk to me and I had not been willing to deal with the issues. It was all my fault. I won't put any of that on her. I didn't like the way she did it. But she was fully justified in what she did. I pray that she has forgiven me. But I had some work to do in my heart to finally take full responsibility and say that was my problem, not hers. She didn't get the support she needed. When she asked, I was busy. And then I had to forgive her and I have. How many times should I forgive? Jesus said, don't ever run out of patience. (laughs) Seventy times seven. Don't break the body of Jesus. Then Jesus tells... A parable. There was a certain king who, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun settling accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. How many talents is that? Well, I've heard different estimates. We don't know if it was gold or silver. One thing we know, though, it was enough to pay a man for one whole year his salary. The man could work for one full year and get his salary. No, I'm sorry, not one full year, his whole life, 20, 20 years, 25 years of labor for that a lot of money the business deal he had hoped to to accomplish he'd never been able to accomplish and the money was gone and the master wanted it back so he went to the king and, and begged the king and the king said no I'm going to sell your wife and your children. I'm going to sell everything you have. Into slavery. The servant fell down before the king on his face saying, Master, have patience with me. I'll pay you all. The master of the servant was moved with compassion. He released him and forgave him his entire debt. What's going on here? One of the great secrets of being able to forgive is when you reach the end of your bitterness. You reach the end of your anger. Then let it go. And let compassion rise up in your heart. Compassion is at the very heart of all repentance and all forgiveness. Compassion one for another. That person who desperately wronged me when I give up my bitterness and my anger it's compassion that has to rise in my heart I'm not going to identify people who have been seriously hurt by another sexually abused But I've listened to some who years later are still filled with flames of anger and bitterness and murder. But I've listened to some others who have a powerful relationship with Jesus, who forgave, who had compassion. One of the things that Jesus gives to us is the ability to have compassion. He's had compassion on me. He forgave my sins. He wiped them away. He wiped them away. Wiped away my sin. You think you've said bad things about me? I've said worse things about me. And Jesus washed away my sin. I'm very grateful. For the mercy of God. Part of what's happening in my life right now is that I'm more and more turning my heart to Jesus in humble prayer. I have to admit, I don't know how to pray. Oh, I can stand up and put together a prayer. That's sincere. But I'm talking about when it's just me and Jesus. I need higher ground. I can stay on the sentimental, but I need higher ground that includes. Those hours of prayer and confession and weeping before Jesus. I find my heart, perhaps it's a product of old age. I hope that's not just what it is. I find myself more and more easily able to cry. And to turn to Jesus in humble confession. It was Martin Luther who said, a man's life is one of constant repentance. Confession of weakness. Confession of not doing my duty. Confession of selfishness. Confession of anger. Oh Lord, I need higher ground. I need higher ground. See, I think doctrine is vitally important, but I think doctrine is just the skeleton of the being. Then there has to be a heart of flesh. There has to be a, an arm of flesh that reaches out to help lift a brother or sister, not condemn them, but lift them up. I know one man, he's always saying, brother, I just want to come alongside you. I want to encourage you. I want to love you. And I love him. That's that arm of flesh that lifts a brother or sister, not condemning, but lifting. Encouraging. And then that skeleton of of doctrine doesn't take over the body. It helps hold it together. But there has to be that warm beating heart where the skeleton is put in the grave. Which is more important, the heart or the skeleton? The skeleton. They're both important. I'm very concerned. Paul told Timothy, watch your doctrine. And almost always trouble comes to the church when somebody gets off on the doctrine regarding Jesus is fully man and fully God. Because it took a a fully man and fully God man to make the, the atonement for my sin. If he were just a man, he'd be like all other men. His his death would be no more important than every man who dies. We all die. If he were just God, then he doesn't understand the fullness of what man goes through, the sorrows of his heart and his life. He can't sympathize with that man. But we have a high priest in heaven who fully sympathizes with man because he's fully God and fully man. He has always existed. I love Jesus. No, I don't know if you can tell that. I talk about him, don't I, all the time. I love Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. He's my Master. And I love him. And if you don't know Jesus, it's not because you don't know. It's because you have a proud heart. And demons utterly oppose the person The man, the God of Jesus Christ, bitterly opposes him and will sow all manner of lies in your heart. Well, this this man is forgiven. And he goes out and he finds one of his fellow servants who owes him a hundred denarii. A denarii is one day's salary for a working man. He laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. You know, usually I find the people who want to take another by the throat is a person who's gotten away with much. His heart is filled with angry pride. You may be one of those people today, your heart is filled with angry pride. And you may have someone that you need to go back to. Someone you deserted. You wrote them off. And you need to go back. The fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you. I'll pay you everything. And he would not but went and had the man thrown into prison until he should pay his whole debt. Which of us does not owe a great debt of love to Jesus and to each other? Which of us should not get on our face before God and make amends with him for the wickedness of our hearts? For the way we pretend we're God for the way we put ourselves forward as something, should we not get down and beg also with them for the mercy of God? How can you steal your heart against a brother or a sister? How can you steal your heart against the people in your life and cut them off? Some of you have done that. Oh, you had good reason. But what did Jesus say about forgiving? Seventy times seven, never a limit. Verse 33, this is Matthew eighteen thirty-three. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? Just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures, until he should pay all that he had due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his temp- his uh, trespass. I have so many sins. I have so many trespasses I've made against so many people. I tremble at the thought, of their not forgiving me, and of my not forgiving them, would you let this season be a season of of a baby in the manger of his? Growing up and dying on the cross for you and for me. Don't go through another holiday season without speaking to your brother or your father or your mother. Tell them you forgive them or friends. Tell them you forgive them. I have quite a number of people I love that I'm not able to talk with because they've cut me off. I forgive them. My heart is full of compassion for them. I didn't mean to hurt them. I did, but I didn't mean to. Will you end? Will you end? All bitterness and acrimony in your heart. All judgment toward others. And will you say, Jesus, I forgive without limit. No matter what their crime. Don't cut them off and say, we're done. I can't work with you anymore. Don't be hard-hearted. This is not about taking that skeletal doctrine somewhere and setting it up like a scarecrow in a patch of corn. No, we're to be compassionate living people. We're to be people who love. Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples, by how you love one another. I can't tell you what to do. I can only tell you that where there's self-centered anger, Jesus cannot abide there. He abides in an atmosphere of love and forgiveness, honesty, have compassion, Lord Jesus. I thank you for each who has come to listen and learn and grow. Lord, I pray that you will do the work in our hearts so that we can do what is necessary to get on our faces before you and repent to you and deal to the very bottom with the wickedness that we find in our hearts. Lord, I ask for your compassion for Ray Greenlee. I ask for your compassion for the National Prayer Chapel. I ask for your compassion for each person who is seeking your face, who is crying out to you because they want to come up to higher ground, and they're held back, they're crippled by their anger, and their lack of forgiveness. Lord, I choose with my brother and sister right now to release every person who has hurt me, to release every person that I've had bitterness or anger in my heart about. I forgive them wholeheartedly, joyfully, like you have forgiven me, Jesus. I can't go forward with Jesus with a grudge against a brother or a sister. Somewhere, sometime, we've got to come to terms with what's happened in the past and lay it on the line And give it to Jesus. And love our brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. We have been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray. You can write to me at Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I thank each one of you who so kindly gives to this broadcast that we could stay on the, on the line and do the work of the gospel. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, That's NationalPrayerChapel.com and you can give online. God bless you, my brother. May he lift you up to higher ground. I'll talk to you soon.